Brother Beric sat alone at his breakfast table and sighed. He'd grown used to sharing his meals with Cassandra Lee. It was strange to still be here. He was gone. He wondered if he'd made the right choice, letting her go off on her grand adventure all alone like that. It was just... He had his duties to the temple, his responsibilities to the city. His android friend was certainly capable of taking care of herself. It was just such a long way to the land of the fallen stars. Part of him, the guilty part, thought that no one should have to make such a long journey all alone. There was no sense in thinking like that now. After all, she was already gone. It wasn't as if he could rush out onto the road and track her down. Best he could hope was that when she finally arrived at the Silver Mountain, she'd write him an absurdly long letter with all the details of her journey and all the revelations she found in that strange and magnificent place. Assuming, of course, that it actually existed in the first place. Eric put his silverware on his plate and stood up from the table. It's time to start the workday, after all. Then he stumbled. Suddenly dizzy, the priest of bride gripped the table, closed his eyes, and bowed his head. Images started dancing through his mind. Purple flames, the sky of fire, beasts with four arms, strange, glowing mechanical people who didn't look anything like his android friend, and an almost palpable sense of hate. Great presence that hung in the sky, burning brighter than the sun, staring down at all of the people beneath it with disgust and loathing. Visions faded. Just seconds. Brother Beric found his hands wouldn't stop shaking. His heart wouldn't stop pounding. That presence, that being that waited for Cassandra Lee inside the Silver Mountain. It was no answer. It was death itself. He had to find a way to warn his friend before it was too late. This is Pot Against the Machine. Welcome back to Pot Against the Machine, the only Pathfinder actual play that camps out in a hovering van down by the river. I'm your host, and here's everybody. Hello. Howdy. Hello. Uh, motivational speakers. Known motivational speakers on this podcast. But we don't break tables yet. Um. So, let's see. Last week, our party... Flew their hovercraft over to say goodbye to Long Dreamer. She flew back home, and maybe to parts beyond, but everyone sort of swore a vow of eternal friendship before she took off, and then the party spent a day traversing the eastern side of Numeria. They stopped in a town to buy some scrolls, I believe it was, just to check some boxes to deal with concealing the, you know, hovercraft that they happened to be cruising across the country with. And then they uh, camped for the night in said hovercraft using a new uh, spike of safe passage, I believe is, is what it's called, to disguise it as a pile of brush or a bush or a hill or something. <laughs> something other than, you know, a hovercraft. After that, you know, fresh first thing in the morning, they journeyed into the valley known as the Scar of the Spider. 
and they followed creek bed in uh, through some badlands, some terrible-looking trees, until they found the smoking wreck of an enormous scorpion-like robot, which seemed pretty pretty great. It looked like there was some kind of big explosion that took the robot out, and it looked like there was evidence that there had been another robot which was not destroyed. There was also evidence of um, several Kelids being in a cage on top of this robot who, um, upon the robot's destruction, had been thrown free and then the tops of their heads cut off and the brains removed. You know, just normal things. There was also a... um, Tarazi was able to catch the catch sight of a trail of humanoid footprints leading deeper into the valley. But before the party could investigate that, they were attacked by some spiky, spiky dragon friends who um, didn't go down without a fight. They, they put a, some real hurting on the party and poisoned Brixby and Levi, the giant goopy snake. Um, Levi is actually still poisoned right now. That's where we are now. now we ha- are not in initiative, but... Levi's going to need to make a fortitude save in a second here, unless anybody can save him from that horrible fate. Wait, uh, does somebody want to do a treat? Is, how long is a treat poison? Is that a, is that a standard action? I don't check? think that's a one action thing, is it? Uh, I can't remember. I don't think it is. Uh, I'm trying to remember, because I know one of them is longer. Every time the poisoned character makes a saving throw, you make a heal check. Uh, ah, so someone could make a... Yeah. Does uh, Tarazi have that? Because he goes ahead of him in the non-existent anymore turn. I mean, <laughs> he'll definitely try. It's, yeah, uh, well, nothing to lose. You're not yeah. going to poison him harder. I don't know. <laughs> All right, uh, Tarazi will try. It's against the DC of the poison. Uh, 17 heal. Unfortunately, that's not enough to help the snaky boy with his shocking situation. Well, then Levi will uh, make a fortitude save, impaired as it is with the poison already coursing through his big snake veins. Now, it was on something better. It rolled to an 8, uh, only a 16. All right. Well, he's still poisoned and no longer has one save in the bank. So let's just see what we get for con damage here. Um, That is two more con damage for the big snaky boy. Gross. Um, And then we come around, back around again. So, um... Okay, yeah. I think at uh, that point then, Alowin will say, I can't cure it, but... I can do this, and he will cast uh, Delay Poison Communal, which, on top of making it so the rest of us can't be poisoned, will stop the effects of that poison from ticking until the spell wears off. And how long is that? Is I think, hours per level. Now, if a poison doesn't last hours, does that mean the poison's eff- just effects run out while you're immune, or do we tick rounds of poison in five hours or Uh, so it says any poison that is in the system or any poison to which it is exposed during the spell duration is not affected uh delay poison does not cure damage that has already been done the middle part is key yeah sorry it doesn't affect the subject until the spell's duration has expired so it's just delaying Mm -hmm. it yep 
Yeah, it just delays it. So once it runs out, it'll still affect him as though it was still like a turn into it, or two turns into it, I guess, at this point. And it is, in fact, an hour level, uh, so it is ten hours until he has to worry about that again. So that's divided amongst all the Oh, it is divided though. amongst everybody against so uh, presumably five two so it's two hours. Get, yeah. Yeah. Alright, so two hours from now we'll need fortitude saves from Levi again. Uh, and I think uh, then Alwyn will also, since we are all very, very beat up, will uh, first toss a couple of uh, fruits at Brixby, which hit him and heal him a bit, and the splash gets everybody else. Oh, thank you. And then he will use his uh, new uh, slot. He has level five spells on his oracle side now and will burn three of those to cast uh, Cure Light Wounds Mass, which, uh, uh, separate from regular Cure Light Wounds, not only does it affect multiple people, but the cap on the, like, adding your level to it is 25 instead of 5. So he gets to add a 10 to those D8s, and that will get everybody back up to full. Do you not get to add 11? Do you not have, like, a... It's it based on the level of the thing, and my oracle level is a 10, even though my character level is an 11, because of the way my uh, dual classing works. That makes yeah. sense. Alrighty. Thank you, brave Alowin. <laughs> All right, well, um, you're standing in this valley with your um, new friends, some dragon corpses, along with the broken robot. And there's a, a trail leading further into the valley. There's also just a vast valley ahead of you. Did we do checks on the Kelebs? Um, What sorts of checks? Well, I don't think you rolled anything on the Kelebs, no. You just saw the sort of obvious damage. Oh. I mean, Tarazi can take a look and try and guesstimate about how long they've been deceased. All right. Yeah, 16 isn't going to do hot. Uh, any of you listening, wondering, I haven't rolled above an 8 yet on my three dice rolls. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> With a, a 16, I don't think you know specifically. It's it's definitely been multiple days. Like, decay is, is definitely setting in on these guys. Um, but it's hard to get a, a super good picture. Can we tell anything from their tattoos? Like a local role? Or uh, you might be able yeah, maybe like what tribe they're from or anything like that. Yeah, you yeah, might that... be able to. Alright, cool. Rex is going to toss a local at that for a 24. I like to think he's doing the Johnny Depp and Sleepy Hollow thing. Oh yeah, the alienist uh, going mm-hmm. over the... <laughs> yeah. Before he gets squirted in the face by <laughs> yes. an arterial spray <laughs> that somehow happened after death. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Good movie. Fine movie. Um, the best you can tell, these are uh, most likely um, people from the Blades of Aramor tribe, which is uh, up to the north. Okay. I mean, I think that for Brixby, and probably he, like, looks at Kira as he's checking them, and just, like, none of them have a metal arm and a bathrobe on. Oh, looks like they like to eat dinner at least six o'clock, so, no. Um, but I think that there is, like, probably a little 
you know, not to presuppose, but like shared apprehension between Brixby and Kira that like, who knows, right? Is this how we're going to find Vargas? If we're ever going to find him. Um, and I think he's a little relieved. So he says a little prayer to Desna under his breath that one, that it isn't Vargas and, and two, to try to usher their souls towards whatever it is they're looking for. Uh, question, Sam. And I think I actually asked this in uh, the Discord. If someone had happened to take uh, waste several of their skill points on doing lore dark tapestry because it was interesting for their backstory of their character, would they be able to roll that looking at these uh, cut-off head kelids? I would say that I would not argue against anyone making such a roll. That would have been so good, but that is a natural one for a nine. <laughs> it, it could be that anything. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with that kind of a roll, there's there's no way to. Oh, know. that would have been so cool if that had passed. Okay. Is uh, Levi okay? So, for those who can't see our foundry chat, Alwyn was kind enough to lesser rest the con damage. Uh, so he's so Levi is back to his uh, robustly gooby self. Uh, so Tarazi kind of gives this large snake companion a a scritch under the necular region, uh, and says, "Yes, he was quite injured, but now seems to be." well enough to continue our adventure. Excellent. Uh, Can I pet him? Certainly, Kira. Kira pets the snake. The big one. You get a little goopy nuzzle. Oh, I love this freaking <laughs> snake. <laughs> I like that, like, a friendly, casual petting is like a kind of new character introductory trope that we have now. <laughs> So, um, does anybody feel, well, I guess we've got these tracks, right? And we figured something out about them? Um, Tarazi thinks he can follow the trail that they leave, which, which heads up into the valley itself. What about the, and so that was the more humanoid looking tracks compared to the suspected, uh, second giant scorpion robot? Yeah, if you want to roll survival on those. Yeah, that that seems perhaps more th- dangerous. What direction they're going and go the opposite. <laughs> I found a double digit. Look at that. Uh, that is a 22 survival. So it's hard to tell because like after the first little bit, it just gets really smudged into like the mud and the in the undergrowth. Like those are it's definitely an older set of tracks. And it seems like this thing after it went a little ways, it, it's hard to keep track of where it actually went. You do know it went into the valley, but it's probably fine. It probably just went in for tea. I mean, Levi does have scent. I don't know if we could smell enough of the living uh, that we could compare to the deceased scorpion robot. Um, but maybe Levi will just kind of sniff it enough to hopefully, if we get close later, be able to recognize it. 
It's possible. I, I don't know how well scent works on robots, though. Yeah, I don't know. But since we all know uh, how snakes work, uh, Levi's goopy tongue just kind of laps the air kind of near the scorpion. He kind of gets down in there and it's like, totally, this is going to work great. It gives, <laughs> a, you know, the equivalent of a thumbs up to Tarazi. In like the picture and stuff, it's got like smoke coming off it and stuff. It looks like there's stuff on there that could smell. Yeah, I mean, it's still smoking. And we don't know. I mean, that could be just a feature that the functioning robots have too, kind of like an essential oil diffuser mm-hmm. where, you know, they just, they're known to kind of spread that smog. I mean, it may double as a vape rig, just like a giant Numerian vape rig. Very um, sick. <laughs> and Briggs has that bottle of endless darkness or whatever. So, oh, you know. yeah, my ever smoking bottle. That's the one. Uh, so, shall we follow these tracks? Yes, the best lead we have at the moment. And Tarazi would shield and left hand, sword and right hand, be ready to lead things. So, you know, I, you know, Kira, feel free to be like, I'm in front and start running with your chainsaw. You do you. Yeah, following along in a good clip with a chainsaw. Well, as you um, follow the trail into the valley proper, uh, these tracks go on for a ways. Like, you get a mile in and you sort of have to follow the vaguely northward loop as it kind of hooks to the left and starts going more west. And you can follow that long. Like, this is not a small place but the trail keeps going and you're bypassing like all sorts of nooks and crannies in the side of the valley wall as you go. Like there's caves everywhere as we establish there are in a bit embarrassment of caves. And English muffins apparently. Oh yes. <laughs> and Australian toaster biscuits which taste like they've got butter inside. Whoa. I'm a big fan of those Trader Joe's crumpets. <laughs> they are a fine breakfast item. Uh, I was just going to give a shout out to my fellow olds who anytime they hear nooks and crannies, think of the old English muffin commercials of look Mm -hmm. my nooks and crannies. You're too young. It's weird. I I don't. Yeah. I felt like I watched a lot of like old person TV when I was like seven. It's like watching Matlock. So I feel like I was like possibly the like, anyway. um, I got it. I've seen that commercial. <laughs> see. Was it just like all English muffins? Was it like from the English Muffin Council? Or was it like a specific? <laughs> Obviously. It's Thomas's. Thomas's. I feel like it was say Thomas's. Thomas's, um, that's it. Yeah, Thomas's Fair. muffins. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay. So as you are following these tracks, um, and you have to sort of go uphill a little ways and, and even actually turn south as the trail kind of switches back on itself, and you are have to climb up um, the hill leading towards just another section of this like sheer valley wall which I mean at the lowest point you're 600 feet below like the ground on on top of the valley wall like it, this is a deep deep trench overall uh, so up here you're you're definitely higher up than that you're probably like a good 50 feet above the valley floor uh, but as you come around you do see a uh, that these tracks go into a, a narrow cave opening, and you can see like flickering of firelight 
from outside the cave. So Alowin's like our face now, huh? <laughs> I don't think Alowin can even see the fire yet to that 60 feet away. No, he can't even see it yet. <laughs> Alowin, there's people in there, probably. I think he does have the highest diplomacy, but you do not want him to be the face. He's a little weirdo. Got a negative one diplomacy. I don't know. Zero. I've got a 21 intimidate. We can use that. Yeah, there you go. Climbing the hill, as it were, uh, Tarazi would have hopped on the climb speed having Levi. But as we get closer to the cave, he would dismount. And Levi would be slithering along next to him. Hello? Is there anyone in that cave? Um, and you can definitely see that there are some people in there. It looks like there's a, a circle of, of four people around this fire, but they're all kind of looking at the fire rather than at you as, as if they're like deep in thought or sleeping, sitting up or something. Or penitent. Jay deflecting. I don't know why you'd say something Do they like that. react at all when Kira calls out? Or are they just like still staring? As you get closer, like they didn't seem to react at all as as Kira called out. And once you're like actually at the cave entrance, like you can see the ones across the way where you can see their faces, their eyes are closed. Now you might notice as you get closer that all four of them appear to have the the telltale lightly glowing tattoos of androids. Whoa. Sleep mode? Do we have to shake them? Yeah. (laughs) Kira knocks loudly on the wall. I think that's enough to sort of rouse them from their whatever it is that they're doing. And each of them kind of bolts up to their feet and they they grab uh, war hammers that are on the ground by each of their sides. And the one that's closest to you yells, Harab, we've got visitors. Hi. You can't necessarily tell who this Harab is, but then they're all kind of holding weapons and looking at you. We said there's four. I guess I can't see one because he's around the edge of that cave. I don't think that you guys need those weapons. I think that if you try to fight us, it's going to end up pretty badly for you. Uh, I'm going to roll a casual intimidate. Ooh, that's a natural 20. That's a 41 intimidate. Wow, that's pretty good. Uh, Why don't you also roll me a knowledge local? Uh, That is a 21. I'm so good at rolling right now. Very nice. Well, uh, Kira remembers as she's just casually very, very menacing that if these are androids, they are immune to fear. So. Uh, Why would you let me roll that first? (laughs) You were excited to roll. So that means they assume it's a diplomacy then, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that they do not put their weapons down. And the the one closest uh, who spoke first says, please come in. Perhaps we can speak. But you must wait for our leader. Okay. And he'll sort of step to the side to accommodate you. To sort of make space for all of you to come in. Nice fire. Levi is large and would have to squeeze to enter. Uh, however, in a perhaps unnerving sort of way, this goopy snake just kind of slurps sh- inward. Uh as though he is in fact boneless and can just easily pass right in through 
Slurpent. <laughs> um, so as you, um, after you come in, like a few seconds, sort of tension passes as these four androids are armed and all watching you very um, suspiciously. You see um, around the, the entrance, so sort of coming in behind all of you, uh, another android. Well, I will. Can I pop up her portrait? Can I do that? Is that a rapier? Wow. Neat. Is that an Aldori um, dueling sword or a rapier? I think the Aldori ones are longer, aren't they? Aren't they like... Yeah, I think this might just be a regular rapier. But just one, so I want Paizo to give the most like unnaturally specific archetype that you wouldn't expect. I'm like, ah, yes, this is, uh, you know, someone who's got a prestige class specializing in duels. Sometimes you gotta duel, you know? Book four is always the duel book. It's true. Psychic duels and regular duels. <laughs> As this um, android woman comes in behind you into the cave, and she does have a sword at her side, but it's not drawn, and she's got a sort of smile on her face as she approaches, and she says, Greetings, visitors. We are but pilgrims on a holy journey through these lands in search of the humanity that evades us. We wish no conflict with other honest travelers, provided that they possess no blasphemies. I notice that you have some unclean items amongst yours. If you submit these to righteous cleansing, we will allow you to remain unharmed, but we can permit nothing to stand in the way of this pilgrimage and our sacred charge. What's a sacred cleansing? Uh, her eyes sort of dart to the chainsaw, and oh, she says, These items, these unclean items from beneath the ground and beyond the stars, they must all be destroyed. Oh, no, thanks. Alwyn, you have a good idea of our mission and why we should have these. Also... If you don't mind, my friend thinks better under the open sky, and so do I. Do you mind if we um just step out slightly? And she, her hand drifts down to her rapier, and she says, "I, I would prefer if we continue speaking as we are now." All right. Alwyn taking the uh, hint from Brixby. He's naive, but he's not dumb. Uh, will be like, oh, right, diplomacy. <laughs> and he will kind of uh, smile at her. Uh, I imagine, like, they've been traveling, so he's got his hood down. So he, in all his, like, weird, creepy glory, but uh, he will smile at her and say, Yes, uh, while we may have these items that you call blasphemous i think it is rather rude of you before even introducing yourself to demand that we give them to you to be destroyed without any sort of reason or anything and that would be a 24 uh diplomacy to convince her try to convince her to let us talk a little more before like throwing the chainsaw in the fire and you definitely see like her demeanor shift a little bit as her, her hand maybe comes off the hilt of her sword. And she says, I apologize. 
My name is Harab. I am the leader of this sect. We are followers of Omed the Prophet. You must understand that our sacred charge dictates that all of these alien devices are abominations. Any and all technology is an affront to life itself. You must turn over what you possess and allow us to cleanse you. But aren't you yourself technology? We met someone like you before. She was much meaner than you are, but she was like you. And some of my companions met another one who was like you. And from what I understand, you're technology as well, aren't you? There is no need for you to point out our great shame. In the end, we will remedy our own sacrilege. But before then, we must do our sacred work. Can we roll anything on Omed? Ah, uh, that'd be a knowledge local. These self-hating androids are so sad. Yeah. It's Wooden Bender from Futura. <laughs> it's a 19 for a 33 from Brixby. Wow, wow. Brixby's up on the local news. I was so excited for a dirty 20. I got a pamphlet outside of a Charlie's <laughs> while I was waiting. Yeah. I didn't ask for it. I was like, no, really, please, my hands are full. And yeah, they just walking like, through the airport and one of them handed. <laughs> stuck it right beside the V-Mod. Just. <laughs> um, so Brixby has heard stories of out in the distant town of Dravidnock, uh, there was a growing cult um, led by a man calling himself Omed the Prophet, who was preaching that all technological items were evil, were an affront to the gods, and had to be destroyed. Um, he caused quite a stir in that town, and like the people of the town who were not in this cult, like the townsfolk and the farmers and the community elders, basically chased him out of town. Uh, he responded to this by sort of trying to set up a giant display of destroying technology by using a bunch of explosives to blow up a bunch of technological items in like the public square and accidentally blew himself up as well. Um, but in doing so, kind of became a, a, a legend amongst those of his sect who survived and uh, they went out spreading his word. Oof. Also, snarkily awarding people Omed awards for ironic deaths <laughs> inside of the <laughs> Numerian. Clearly these androids are down with OTP. Yeah, you know them. <laughs> yeah. Ah, yes. I'm, um, familiar with your prophet and, uh, his glorious sacrifice. Now, we just wanted to check to see that you were all right. Strangers in a strange land, all that. And um, in my belief system, right, we, uh, we give succor to fellow travelers. However, it seems that we do not walk the same starred path. Perhaps we can leave you on your respectable, understandable religious pilgrimage, so we continue to pursue our own divine purpose. I'm going to need a diplomacy check on that one. I lied a little bit. Can I bluff? <laughs> <laughs> is that all right? Uh, well, there, what's the I lie? Mean, I, called it, I called it a divine purpose. <laughs> this is not, we don't know anything about Cassandale being divine in any capacity. I am trying to play up that we're 
we're also pilgrims. Desnans. <laughs> yeah. In our own way, with his recently found Desnanism. Because um, he's like barely a Desnan right now. If I have to diplomatize, I will. It will be terrible. And I'm okay to let that tell the story. I respect that choice. Uh, either one he does, I can aid. And I have the same aid in both. But I guess what I say would be different depending on whether I'm going along with the bluff or not. Um, I think that it's not enough based on a lie, really, um, for it to be a bluff. That's I, fair. We're going to have to go for diplomacy here. That is a six. So in the case of diplomacy, uh, so Alwyn will say, uh, yes, my little friend here is right. We are just going to go on our way and leave you on yours if that's the best thing to do. And why am I rolling out auto-aid? So you have an eight. Eight. How'd that do? Harab. Um, Rob says, um, you are free to go at any time, but you must leave your blasphemous technologies behind. What happens if we say no? We have a sacred charge. We must destroy them. Didn't you say that you guys are also bad, and so maybe that you can change the order of your little mission and take care of you all first, and then we'll hang out for when you're done? We must purge this land of the technology before we ourselves can be purged of the same. We don't wish to hurt you, but we are willing to do so in support of our sacred duty. I mean, like, same. What if we told you, though, that we've been using this technology we have in order to fight against much worse technology, far more powerful and in the hands of much more dangerous people? Have you heard of the and he looks at Brixby. Texas League? Yeehaw. I believe we know of them, yes. And what about something called Unity? I do not believe I have heard of this thing. We heard that it is something very dangerous, maybe even more dangerous than the League itself. Some kind of mechanical something that either is a god or wants to become one. Wouldn't that be far more dangerous we've been trying to find out more about it to stop it and this technology we have has been helping us um why don't you make me a diplomacy check to see how well this particular message or is received is a uh, 17 on the die for a 30 wow so i think harab sort of inclines her head as she's she's thinking about Alowen's words and and she says I, I do not believe that you need these these tools for such a quest but she seems I mean she seems genuinely conflicted about uh, the idea but uh, she says I perhaps if what you say is true it, perhaps we can agree to disagree for the time being but when your quest is over you will allow these items to be destroyed of course once we have defeated this creature this unity which you say we may not need them but you said yourself how dangerous these items are and we've already met many members of this league with powerful technology so we need it but 
yes, once we've defeated them in unity, we will certainly come back here and allow you to destroy this. And I'm going to roll bluff on that. Uh, that is one lower with the same bonus. So that is a 29. And she says, I, I believe in some ways we may be walking the same path. As long as you are willing to destroy these artifacts, when your quest is finished, we have no quarrel with you. But you're going to have to, like, throw them into a volcano or something. <laughs> like pinkies wear. Yeah, just as soon as we're done using them. For sure. Yeah, but, like, don't keep coming up with excuses to use them, though. Like, We won't just keep has coming to up with excuses to use them. It has to be for, like, a real important reason. So important. <laughs> so, speaking of important reasons, this quest you're on, um, the cleansing, why does it bring you here, of all places? We... As androids, are an affront to nature. In this place is where we have exiled ourselves. We will do what we can for our cause from here, separate from the natural world, or as close to separate as we can be. Well, I think you guys are pretty cool. Aside well, we from wanting to destroy cool. all of our stuff. Well, you've got bad stuff. So that was your handiwork with the large robot with the... Makes the scorpion motion. Oh, no. We cannot take credit for that. We we visited that horrible, monstrous thing, and we, we took some pieces of it to destroy as part of our religious rites, but it, it was not us who, who did that work. Who did? There are many others in this place. I shudder to think of some of them, but there is, we have seen a, a creature that walks like a human, but has four arms. I, I believe that, that is the one who destroyed the machine. We've not ever gotten close enough to this being to interact, but I believe in, in some ways they are an enemy of the darker forces that lurk deeper in this valley. Have you seen them punch any rat faces? Specifically, are they, did they also you might not know. This um, is... you're, you're the first rat face we've seen in, in the place, so I haven't seen them punch who. Does this four-armed person live around here? Have some sort of camp? We have seen them coming and going from the north uh, across the river, but I, I could not say any specifics. Do you want to share more about the many others? Just a little bit. Also, is there, is there like a social currency here? Like a points we can acquire by doing cool things? You earn them by throwing technology items into the fire. <laughs> yes, you can get all sorts of points with us. For every technological item you destroy, you get one penitent point. 
which can be <laughs> turned in for a pat on the back and our gratitude. But I don't believe there's any gamified social system to be had in this particular valley. Right. There is a um, a farmer of sorts who lives back, and she points sort of back the way you came, up, up, up around the rise. There are um, all sorts of spiders and, and giants and dragons and horrible beasts wandering through. There are unspeakable beings further into the valley that we we haven't dared get close enough to to even know what they might be. So they're not even like a little bit speakable. No. It's like totally un, unspeakable. Like you, you couldn't even believe it if you saw it. Probably. <laughs> they are so useless. <laughs> yeah, I don't like them at uh, all. <laughs> yeah. Do you know anything about the people that were by that destroyed scorpion thing? The ones who looked like they had their heads opened up. Do you know anything about who did that to them? Uh, they were already dead before we got to the wreck. It's... I do not know who removed their heads um, in such a way, but it must have been some of the otherworldly creatures from deeper in the valley. I would not approach them were I you. Do we want to ask them about if they ever saw What's-Her-Face when she was here? Like if they would recognize her, or do we want to not mention her to them? Uh, Sandra Lee. I think we dropped the big unity already. I think like, we want to yeah. be careful with how much we tell these these losers, yeah. frankly. These good friends who are helpful. Yeah, I'd be worried. Like <laughs> They're like, oh, she had a tech item? Let's, let's tell them we don't know where she is, and then we'll go there and break it. Now that we're bros, do you have any like super overpowered tech items you need help destroying that we could do for you later? Uh, we have not held on to any of the blasphemous items, no. It's a test, really. You pass. You guys want some goo tubes? Just for fun? You could throw them in the fire to cleanse them. No. Because they are abominations. <laughs> Waste not. Uh, There's the Jiffy Pop goo tube line where you throw them in and then they just kind of, you know what I mean? Well, those you should just stomp on to cleanse them. I like these guys. <laughs> Where do you buy your crafts? W would you like a pamphlet? I'll take a pamphlet. We do need to know where you buy your crafts, though. Um, we actually do most of our crafting through found items. We go dumpster diving and such. We use nature, that sort of thing. So cool. The dumpster is outside of which location, though? <laughs> all locations of course we do not discriminate between the Joanne and the Michael craft establishment they have equally profitable dumpsters for craft supplies and that's how our teen party member joined a cult <laughs> <laughs> I would invite you to stay and enjoy our fire but we cannot allow your technological items to remain amongst us that's okay i get it bye 
It's cool. Your cave seems uh, real nice. It's it's probably the best cave in the whole valley. I'd I'd stay there and not leave. If I were you, because it's the best. It is. It's number one. Just wall of force them <laughs> in. <laughs> Throwing the grenades over the wall of force. <laughs> That's very mean. Leaving. Yeah, destroy all these in the fire. You should get real close <laughs> to make sure they uh, are thoroughly destroyed. Um, so you have determined the origin of the footprints, at least. You bypassed a bunch of valley on the way in, uh, both on the northern wall and on the southern wall. Is there any particular place you'd like to check out? Are we just going to start checking caves at random the player behind Tarazi was like did you say a farmer of sorts there's a farmer of sorts you know like of sorts like hmm maybe she meant a farmer of swords and they plant little sword seeds and grow swords I don't know it could be that's intriguing yeah yeah aren't we in like some kind of like horribly irradiated like rock valley with no plants like what are they even growing <laughs> Whatever they're growing, it's probably not great. <laughs> We've like a good track record with simple agrarian people. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can kill a mutant bear for him and he'll be friends with us. Yeah, maybe we seek out this. I mean, that seems to be like we got like a couple hooky doos from the weird self-hating Luddites, right? Like there's a Kasafa mm-hmm. and or Zill um, running around avenging. Yeah. And then there's also this mm. farmer of sorts. And apparently horrible, unspeakable aliens that yeah. are also around, but it sounds like we probably don't want to talk to them. All sorts of spiders and giants and dragons and horrible beasts, per my yeah. notes. <laughs> At least some of those things have to be able to feel fear. Right. <laughs> and like, Brixby's from the Feldales, like giants, stuff like that. It's a round chitter home. Mm-hmm. We've seen giants. They're big, stupid babies. We trashed one yeah. recently. And we made fun of a bunch of other ones for not fighting a robot. It's true. Kira got smushed by a netting. It's true. It's true. I'd see a farmer. Yeah. yeah. Let's go see a sort of farmer. Yeah. Sort of mm-hmm. farmer. No, let's figure out where he is. Or where they are. I guess we don't know who it is yeah. exactly. Up around the rise, vaguely back kind of where we started yeah well back probably about halfway back to where you started basically you have to just keep hugging that southern wall let's hug so I've been like thinking about what we made the halic look like with the spike before leaving because we don't want it to look like too appealing we don't want it to look like a nice little grassy knoll Maybe not a grassy knoll. That's not a good way to put it. <laughs> come back and somebody's <laughs> having like a picnic on top of it. Right, yeah. That or there's so, a dude up there with a sniper rifle, one or the other. <laughs> right. So we want to maybe, I don't know. Let's make it look like a twin-sized mattress that someone spilled SpaghettiOs on. That's like, what's the one thing that like no yeah. one's going to go near mm-hmm. when they're just yeah. walking but around? But it's just the stain. There's not still SpaghettiOs. Because there's that maybe one people. SpaghettiO. Just like a single one in case you're wondering. Uh-oh. Or like maybe someone died on here. And dried and hardened spaghetti. Exactly. Yeah. 
It's got like a hair stuck in it. Mm-hmm. How is that not a flavor of goo too? We're getting real visceral with this description. Well, we have to create this. This is this is the content purely for our Patreon subscribers, right? This is like what we put in the extended <laughs> friends of the pod cut. I think this is this is the kind of stuff that they really love. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. They we know who our Chef Boyardee boys are, <laughs> and. Uh, if they have, if those of you listening who don't get those cuts don't realize just how many we references we've been making along the way to the finest canned pasta products you can buy from our sponsor, Chef Boyardee. <laughs> Not the company, the guy. That's right. Let's see. Uh, Ettoria, Ettore Boyardee was his name. Was it Ettore? I thought it was like... Et- I guess Ettore. it is. Yeah, that is like the Italian pronunciation. Yeah, because it, it's yeah. like the word Hector, but no H. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Thank you to our sponsor, Conagra Brands. <laughs> <If anyone. laughs> We're really moving up in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, other pods would kill for that Conagra <laughs> sponsorship. It, it's highly sought after. It's, it's like right up there with Bombas, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And quip. Yeah, eat your heart out, Casper mattresses. So, as you're walking along and you're hugging this southern wall, or approximately southern, because you do have to kind of go north and go up around, but effectively it's the southern wall of the valley, and you pass by numerous caves, most of which you can tell are just shallow and don't really go any there. Most of them have spiders in them. Just, it's a spidery place. But these these are the kinds of spiders that, even when they're giant spiders, they're not really threats to level 11 adventurers. So we can just fast travel your way through killing a bunch of giant spiders, a bunch of CR1 half spiders sort of stuff, sort of things. XP is XP. So many XP that it's, it's just amazing. But as you're looping around and you sort of come to where it, it hooks back down to the south in that little screenshot I sent in the... Um, discord where there's a wooded grove kind of along the elbow of the valley there and you come into the trees the first thing you really notice in here is a terrible smell a smell like something is rotting so it's probably fine you're just sort of in amongst the trees in a sort of fairly densely populated um wood here but all the trees here are stunted and twisted and dying looking so every tree looks like the kind of things that would give an eight-year-old nightmares if they saw it in the night but i'm sure it's fine that's just the way this place is feel for my boy levi having a taste of this air oh yeah levi is is having a time i think definitely one of the times of all times adam does not smell pleasant I wonder what they're farming here. I suspect we'll find out. Um, yeah, as everybody's walking through, why don't we just hold where we are just for a second. As, um, Kira's just walking along next to one of the trees. And, um, yeah, just a claw, a wood-like claw, just lurches right out. And, um... Let's see, that is a 23 versus flat-footed AC. I think that does it. I think that does do it. Yeah, you're good. 
Um, so just a little bit of eight damage as it looks like the tree itself. I'm going to, I'll show you a little bit of character artwork is actually an awful tongued clawed wriggling creature and um it seems like the kind of thing you would roll for initiative for all right um what did kira get for initiative kira shocked shocked by this tree with eyes rolled a one for a seven that does sound shocked how about tarazi uh, Tarazi rolled a natural 18 for a 21. All right. Tarazi is always ready for trees to attack. As snakes do hate trees. How about Brixby? Brixby rolls a, well, it's a 22. All right. And um, Alowin. Uh, Alowin got his third really good roll of the night with a natural 20 for a... 27. All right. Sounds like Alowin will be up first as we begin round one. Alowin, you do see a tree that just grabbed Kira or scratched at her with a claw. Probably fine. You should probably just we'll, uh, say. walk away. Just let her deal with it. Oh, it's usually really bad when they start doing that. And he is going to cast let me see actually before he casts anything what would be a good role for this thing uh that would be dungeoneering that is a seven on the die so that's only going to be an 11 so that's probably nothing on this guy yeah that is nothing okay uh so he has no idea what this thing is but he will you know he's just going to hit it with a bone shaker does it have something that is analogous to bones um i don't think it really has anything bone enough like i mean that's what he's gonna do if it doesn't have anything bone enough like then he'll just burn the spell but that is what he's going to attempt to do on it because that's the first thing that comes to mind for him so if nothing happens then he just burns the spell and that's his turn all right. That will bring us to the orderly Brixby. Mm. All right. I'm going to try dropping a, a knowledge dungeoneering on the situation. Uh, yeah, this thing is spooky to the folks, folks at home. It looks like a twisty, freaky kind of tree with like um, like a... Selly, I think is what they're called, like like spider eyes, like the simple kind of invertebrate style eyes on the front. I might be pronouncing that really poorly. Sorry to all the spider bros that listen to the podcast. Okay, that's a 15 for a 28. Uh, let's see, with a 28, you know that these are Yangeeths. Yangeeths are six-eyed horrors that are vaguely shaped like dead trees but with claws and tentacles and spidery legs, so they're capable of locomotion. These are believed to be one of countless creatures bred and engineered by eldritch horrors from beyond the stars. And Yangeeths have, over the aeons, developed keen intellects and desires all their own. Unless slain by violence, Yangeeths are effectively immortal. And you said you got a 28? Mm -hmm. 
Um, let me see. That is that is just one question. It's usually it attacks or defenses. So yeah, attacks or abilities. Yeah. Yeah. Let's party with special abilities. All right. Well, special abilities. The uh, Yangith have feeding tentacles, which uh, any time that they are grappling a creature or happen to be near a helpless creature, they can use their mouth tentacles to feed on said creature, which riddles it with thousands of tiny filaments that siphon away their emotions, dealing charisma drain. And um, it it is a deeply unpleasant experience. I will say that. Um, the other special ability they have is something called a psychic blast, which they can use their latent psychic abilities to do terrible, terrible things that include uh, non-lethal damage, intense pain, and uh, confusion. Well, at least they can think, it looks like. So yeah. that, that helps with... Yeah, no, that adds a lot on that I was afraid to use before. <laughs> um, so... Well, yeah. Uh, I guess they technically wouldn't be flat-footed because they had a surprise round. So... Hmm because I would love to have had the sneak attack from the initiative, but I wouldn't have it. Oh, heck, why not? All right. I am going to, with a word and a motion, um, do a scorchy doodle, and I'm going to declare it as an impromptu sneak attack. So I guess first, am I rolling any spell resistance? Uh, yeah, why don't you bounce me a spell resistance roll? Righty, let's do that first there. Say 19 for 34. Ah, uh, yeah, you're good there. All right. So I get three rays now, which is very cool. You just triple check that. That's too Hold many. On. Pretty sure I got the third maximum 11th level. Yeah, woo, three rays. All right, cool. Ray number one, ray number two, ray number three. Whew. Okay. Um, that is a 15 versus touch. Now 15 hits. <laughs> a natural one will miss um, regardless. And then a 19 versus touch, which will hit because of the 15. So. It's a big chunky trees, so bad touch AC. Do you want fire and sneak attack separately? Ah, you can give it to me all the same. Okay. Are you shooting the the one that clawed Kira, or the one farther in? I was not aware of the second one. (laughs) Oh, man. I was zoomed in. A very myopic existence. Never mind. There's no second one. I don't know why you would even say that. Oh. Yep. No, I'm definitely shooting the one that clawed Kira. Anyway, that was the plan. So, um, all right. Well, if I'm going to do it all together, then that's going to be hilarious. Let me just... 66 damage. Wow, not 66d6, though. Not 18d6. It is fire, if that matters, for the creature made out of wood. It doesn't (laughs) seem to matter, as if they're made of some Uh, horrible alienness that is not actual wood. But it is is badly damaged. And uh, then as far as the end of my turn, I am going to move 10 feet to the east. And call that good. All right, that brings us to Levi and the charming Tarazi. Yes, quite a charming snackman. 
Uh, Tarazi is going to have Levi. Well, he'll he'll be the gentle snake. He'll stride up to this creature, this Yangeef, uh, and take a swing at it. Single power attack swing. Um, it does swing a claw at you on your way in. It's got a little bit of a reachy do. Um, that might not hit. That is a dirty 20. Oh, no. No, sir. Uh, you know, A for effort, though. Uh, how's a 27 do? A 27 will definitely hit. Uh, that is 20 points of damage off that swing. And then Levi is going to slurp on over and uh, try and take a bite out of crime. At last, I think Levi's getting first hit of the pod. Uh, natural 18. And switching on Hero Lab. Uh, yeah, that makes it a 34. No, <laughs> 32 to hit. That'll hit. So this is fun. Uh, that is 19 points of damage and an attempt to grab. All right. Uh, what kind of damage? Uh, Bitey-doo, chompy damage. Okay, so that's like every type, isn't it? BPS, BB. All right, just making sure. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Uh, he's going to make a normal grapple uh, attempt here. Uh, does a 30 beat it CMD? <laughs> no, sir. Darn. Trees are good at not getting grappled. Okay. Well, that'll do it for the snack boys. All right. Well, that brings us to the tree friends. Um, so first up, the affectionate Yangith, who is the one that it's currently surrounded. Now let's just do a little measury-do here. Just see Alloin's 20 feet away. Brixbo's a little, well, from here is 35 feet away, so Brixby's not all that close. Uh, this one is going to let loose a blast of psychic energy from its mind in a 30-foot radius, hitting everyone except Brixby. It, I need everybody to make a will save. Everybody but Brixby. Uh, so, Kira, what you got? That's my second one in a row. Four and 11. Alright, so you're going to take 24 non-lethal damage. And um, you are confused for the next five rounds. Oh, no. Five you, rounds? Yeah, it, it hurt but bad. My snake it hurt friend. bad and you're real confused. I'm going to guess this wasn't a spell or spell-like ability. It's probably supernatural or exceptional. Oh, it is a super-duper natural ability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so how about... Let, let's go with Levi first. Uh, Levi got a dirty 20. All right. Levi takes 12 non-lethal damage and is not nice. confused. Uh, Tarazi got a 25. All right. Same for Tarazi. 12 non-lethal, no confusion. And our dear friend Alowin. Uh, Alowin got a 16. So, Alowin, you got that 24 non-lethal, and you yeah, are... Yeah, that's what I figured. 
You are confused for the full six rounds. <laughs> no. Oh. Um, so I think as our dear friends battle with a tree that just confused the living daylights out of them, I'm going to bed. Good night, Yengeef. Good night, Zengeef. And Sam. <laughs> Good night, Yingling. Have a night, Sam. Just a night. Against the machine. Against the Machine is property of Network Against the Machine LLC, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are property of ISO Publishing. See their website for more details. Theme Against the Machine was written and performed by your own Zach. See the show notes for additional music and sound licensing. If you enjoyed the show, we encourage you to leave us a review. One, two. <laughs> All her hands went up, and then Kingsley's tail went up. <laughs> She's ready. She's going to clap Amazing. as well. Uh, one, two, three, clap. Welcome back to Pot Against the Machine, the only Pathfinder actual play to give the party a hovercraft. No, that's that's from last week. I'm looking at the wrong freaking page. I'm good at this, y'all. Does that mean another actual play podcast is given their... Folks, a hovercraft in the then, last week. Yeah. It's Congrats. Possible. Boop. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> it's, it's the ever-smoking pong. So we're going to cut that out. But that is just canonically what Brix is. Little, yeah, that's that's a big boop right there. Um, boop. It looks like, Sam, uh, on this map, there's kind of a tight, tighter squeeze here around this portion is that that that's kind of just a flavor thing this is a okay. map that i s- gathered from reddit uh, i cannot uh drag levi through because he collides with a wall uh well that's okay found, the, map, the map doesn't go any farther anyways foundry doesn't know how good at squeezing snakes are it's kind of embarrassing foundry no no do people see a different map i see an effort to map differently up oh, yep Oh, um, our our first ever map change in Foundry. This is historic. Magnificent. Um, I like that it immediately zooms you into where your token is, instead of us having to search for them. <laughs> yeah, that is nice. <laughs> One moment, I'm configuring things. Yeah, whichever map you didn't prepare, we're we're gonna go to that one. <laughs> yep, we're gonna go to that one. As is tradition. Theoretically, all the maps are prepared until you check things and realize they're not. But that never happens. Schrodinger's map. Ah, it's just unmuting to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I notice. Pause for dogs.